Good morning, LBC Radio. This is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Today I have on a special guest, Miss Sarah Ziegler. Originally from San Diego, California, Sarah Ziegler is looking forward to finishing her BA in music with a focus in viola and education and getting more involved in the Lancaster's music local music scene. Oh my goodness. Well, You're good. You got it. <laughs> well, a committed and proud violist. Sarah also enjoys dabbling in cello, guitar, mallet percussion, upright bass, violin, and ukulele too. She can usually be found reading, writing, knitting, practicing, spending time with friends, learning American Sign Language, and researching psychology and other topics that catch her interest. From Baroque to modern improv, Sarah loves sharing music with those around her and never feels more content than when a group of people are gathered around the shared joy of music. You can find her at her website that at all four as in the number one as in the word strings dot udo o d o o i don't O-D-O-O know how you say dot it com? yeah well how are you doing today sarah i'm doing well how are you i'm doing pretty good oh thank you for having me sorry i gave you such a mouthful to read there no, I, listen there are some people who give me a novel to read <laughs> but it's totally fine so what inspired you as a, as a child to get into music and especially like playing an instrument yeah um, so I got started a little bit later in the game. I lived in a small military town. And so I took piano from when I was seven to when I was about 10. And then my teacher got stationed somewhere else. So she left and I mm. didn't take any music lessons again until I was 12. Um, when we kind of, I was starting middle school and we had me just try different like fields. So I was in my first play then and I started violin lessons um, I actually was not inspired to pursue music um, until really close to coming to college, actually, though. Mm. So, yeah, I needed to take a break from violin when I was about 15, just with some health stuff going on. Um, picked up viola when I was 18 and then auditioned for this music department a year later got accepted, came in, so there's quite a bit of a journey to get me there. But. So your piano lessons, that did, was that just a thing that you were just, all right, you're, you're doing piano lessons now, or is that something you wanted to do? I think it was just something my brother and I did because our parents said, okay, we're giving you guys piano lessons. I mean, my mom had grown up learning music and everything, so it was just kind of assumed. But gotcha. Yeah. So <clears throat> what made you choose viola? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. My mom still has a picture of tiny little, like, two-year-old me looking at her viola for the very first time, and I'm just entranced by it. Um, And I think when I was, like, eight or nine years old, I walk into the room, and I told my mom, Mom, I'm going to major in viola. She's like, Sarah, that's ridiculous. You've never touched a viola. (laughs) And, I mean, again, so I picked up violin at 12, um... And then as I was, I graduated from high school in December. So I still had an extra semester just kind of free to do whatever I wanted. How'd you do that? Yeah. So I was homeschooled and I overachieved the first three years. (laughs) So I had like two classes senior year that I had to take because I had taken everything else already. Um, So I had one extra semester and a summer and I kind of had to decide what do I want to really learn more about and invest in more. And I was like, okay, I want to pick back up violin, but I'd really love to learn how to play viola. Um, I was like, let me try my hand at alto clef. I mean, that's the main (laughs) thing that makes it hard. And Mm -hmm. I know string instruments, and there's a much bigger need probably for violists just in string quartets and orchestras. And so I thought that would be really fun to try. So Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, you're the only violist I know. (laughs) Nice. That's amazing. I was going to say, well, I know others, but I guess as a violist, I would hope I know others. And the part of the orchestra, too. I know there's some violists in the orchestra, right? Yeah, yeah. But we finally have one other um, violist who's participated in some of the ensembles. She's not an MWPA major, but Kristen Webster. She was a freshman last school year. Yes, I love that girl. She's amazing. So I got my my viola homie, but (laughs) I know there aren't a lot of us, though. Yeah. So what made you choose LBC from all the way in San Diego? Yeah, that's a very good question. (laughs) Um, We heard about 
the Lancaster area, mostly through Sight and Sound. I loved mm. theater growing up, did every show I could possibly do. Um, and so some friends told us about Sight and Sound. My grandma lives in Delaware. So when we were visiting oh. her, we decided to bring her down and check out Lancaster, see a Sight and Sound show. We fell in love with Lancaster. Oh my gosh. I was like, is this home? Like, mm -hmm. I love this. This is amazing. Um, I was an extreme homebody, terrified of the idea of leaving home. And so my parents were like, why don't you just move across the country? <laughs> and if you hate it, we'll bring you home. Af even if it's after like two weeks and you're like, that's it. Get me out of here. Like, we'll take you back, but just see how far you can go. And if you like it, um, which is a really good, a really good mindset for me because I felt like I had an out whenever I needed one. Mm. But, oh my gosh, I love LBC. I mean... Here I am four years later, and <laughs> I adore it. It's home. So, yeah, we kind of find out, found out about Sight and Sound, found out about LBC through Sight and Sound. They offered a really great gap year program, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at that point. So I ended up at the gap year program, auditioned for the music department, got in, and God was really setting on my heart, like, no, music is what I have for you to do. And mm -hmm. so here I am. So what was, so it's one life you're talking about, right? Yes, yeah, one what life. What is that like? Yeah, it's I've heard, crazy. I've heard, yeah, I've heard multiple <laughs> things about one life. One life is awesome and it's very intense. <laughs> um, it's focused around experimental, experiential learning, excuse me, service and travel. I love the experiences I got there. There's really heavy, intense discipleship happening between the mentors and us. Um, and so, oh my word, you dissect who you are as a person. <laughs> you get your whole idea of the gospel completely shaken and turned upside down of, um, in place of, so we took Bible credits in one life. So I took like Christian narratives, LBC students will be familiar with that. Um, Bib Herm or interpreting mm -hmm. the Bible, I think it is now. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I know. Like, I, hermeneutics is such a hard word. They're like, even, yeah, yeah let's not do hermeneutics. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think they changed it. So, you know, whatever it is now, we took that. Um, and, oh, my gosh, Christian narrative. So with experiential learning, you're only in the classroom five days for any one class. And then you take another one or two weeks seeing what that looks like in real life, which was so mm. cool. So... Christian narrative one, we were introduced to the concept of creation, fall, redemption, restoration, mm -hmm. um, which is just a really simple guideline for like understanding the, the whole Bible's biblical story. Bible, yep. Yeah. Um, and then, so we learned that in five days. And I mean, oh my gosh, just seeing our speaker, Dave Bindewald, he was awesome. He was like, you think you know the gospel, but we are going to dive into scripture and like really see what it's like and i experienced but the bible's power in such a crazy way like from that class and then the next week we went and saw all kinds of different um jobs kind of unique jobs so we went to like a glass a glass blower and like pottery person um people who made harps for a living oh, wow yeah like That's a cool. cow farm we went to all these different places and we were like, how do you see these aspects of the Bible in your work? Like, what is the creational goodness? How do you see like brokenness because of the fall, like just in your field and everything? And how do you, the one we spent the most time on was focusing and asking them, how do you bring, how does your work bring about redemption in the world? Hmm. It was just so cool. So I love that about One Life. I mean, then you got to travel all over the place. We went to the Navajo Nation in Arizona and New Mexico. Never knew which state we were in. We were like right on the border. So we were always going back and forth. But it was really cool to have our idea of missions turned upside down. And our main goal in that trip was not, we're going to go there and fix something and help these people. Our main goal was, we're going to go and honor them and listen to them and just hear their story. Um, I really loved, I really loved that. That was super powerful for me. Going to Israel obviously was yeah, amazing. Was say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting to talk about the Bible and the, its geography. We took a Bible geography class and then to go to Israel, like, oh my it, gosh, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, I, I loved that. Just getting to 
just see everything and it was incredible the year we went um it's weird israel is actually a lot like my home in san diego they're they're pretty much equidistant to the equator um i mean obviously california israel very different culturally right but amazingly like there were some areas where just the vegetation like the plants and the weather yeah. yeah and so one thing that Y'all don't know about here, <laughs> but has been something I grew up with was drought. And just mm-hmm. like Israel is very brown most of the time, just like just dusty. It's hard to grow things. They had had incredible rains. And so when we came, it was just this lush. There was just green everywhere. Cool. And it was amazing. We w- went to see what was thought to be maybe the like the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Um, and seeing that and just that barrenness and like dry but then looking right outside of it and there's just green everywhere was so cool so powerful wild yeah um so did you ever get a chance to like engage in like the music culture of those areas at all not nearly as much as i would have liked to Mm. um yeah and again at that point more bible focused anyway so right more bible focused i wasn't even sure that i wanted to do music i was actually kind of opposed to the idea of majoring in music which is a whole other thing but yeah i mean so in israel it was there was so much to see that Mm -hmm. we were just running from place to place we didn't really get to stop and listen yeah to some of the culture and everything um in the navajo reservation it was fascinating one thing that they talk about an attention that we saw Mm -hmm. in while we were there and we were really learning about is Native American culture is really kind of a dying culture. I mean, they're losing a lot of what made their culture theirs. And so one of the ways that we saw that is in like our worship conferences that we got to go to with some of the youth and everything, they really had predominantly American music that was playing. It was kind of this tension of, the older ones clinging to and holding on to their culture and some of the younger generation just being torn of wanting to respect that, but feeling like America is kind of their for- first culture, but that right. like neither like, one. Like the assimilation yeah. to Americanism. Yeah. That's, that's so, it's weird. It to think is. About. Yeah. yeah. And it, w- it was heartbreaking, honestly, because mm-hmm. yeah, I remember one of the teachers asked, we visited some high schools and so one of the teachers at this high school brought a girl in and was interviewing her and asking her some questions. And he said, oh, would you say you're more American or Navajo? She's like, oh, no, definitely more Navajo. And he said, well, if someone you loved was sick, would you first go to a medicine man or a hospital? And you could just see, like, she was trying to smile yeah. and keep it. Yeah, I don't know. But you could just kind of see the devastation of, like, I choose a hospital, but that, like, killed her to say that yeah it was really mm-hmm. interesting it was sad which isn't related to music but it was really cool oh well it's i mean it's exp- it's an experience <laughs> for sure yeah yeah and i've def- definitely listened to that music as much as i can now like even just through youtube as goopies it sounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that but yeah it but, ethnomusicology is so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, in, it sounds goofy to say, like, search it up on YouTube, but that's literally how some of those cultures survive is, right. is through posting their videos because the way most, uh, at least tribal, like in the, mm-hmm. in the purest form of a sense, uh, music survives is by the older generations passing it on to the newer generations. Right. And that in this increasingly more techni- technological world and more yes, yeah. globalized world, it, we're losing a lot of the uh, special things from, mm-hmm. you know, from the tribes. Whereas, yes. th- like, whether it be here in America or abroad, they're mm-hmm. lose- it's losing a lot of texture because everything's becoming so popular everyone's becoming so integrated yeah and um it's much more addicting to be when in the popular culture than in the traditional uh traditional tribal ways right yes in some ways it's much more easier to live in in this world than their traditional world because it's surrounding them right yeah exactly yeah it's not it can't be in nomads when you know there's cities right yeah (laughs) roads blocking you yeah and when People say, no, we're America. 
and we need to govern you to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just don't have. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's sad. But. So an- another hard, sad thing, <laughs> possibly. Um, yeah. You have scoliosis. I do. Yes. How, how has that affected your playing? Yeah, I mean, it's affected me in a lot of ways. Um, because I know that the reason when I was fifteen that I had to stop playing violin. I mean, some of the reasons, there were other things going on, but one of the reasons was, um, so scoliosis, they call, however, like swoopy your Mm -hmm. back is, (laughs) they call that your curvature. Mm -hmm. And so um, within a year, the degree of my curvature, they, they make a straight line and then they compare, like they figure out what the angle is between a straight line and what your back is doing. Um, and so they measure those by degrees. My curvature had tripled its number of degrees within one year just because I had a growth spurt. And oh, no. so that went from, oh, she has the tiniest bit. We think she maybe has scoliosis to, oh, man, okay, what's going on? We need to stop this before this gets bad. I mean, I'm very blessed to have it very mildly. Um, but even, like, singing is more difficult just because my ribs aren't – aligned perfectly and so like breathing you get (laughs) i can kind of feel it more when i try to do those full breaths and everything for for singing and stuff like that so i mean it even began to impact me way back then when i lost a couple years of lessons because we had to figure that out um it definitely affects how much i can practice on any given day there are some days that's like i could go forever and there are some days that the pain's just so bad that I'm like, I think I'm going to throw up. I think we're done with an hour today. Mm. Or, yeah, so I don't know. And I mean, an hour's still good. It's right, not yeah, my, an hour's <laughs> still like... It's not my goal. My goal right. is closer to three hours, but one hour is good. Three but, hours. yeah, yeah, it, we're crazy. String players are crazy. You ask anyone. And <laughs> but, yeah, and I mean, even again, some of that and the drive for me to practice as much as I possibly can it's even knowing that I had a later start and I had interruptions Mm. and stuff that it's this feeling of, oh, we need to play catch up and everything, you know? So yeah, it definitely, it definitely affects me just in that doing what I love hurts sometimes. (laughs) And it's like, shoot, I want to be here and I want to be present. Um, Some of the times where we have multiple concerts or we'll talk later about pit orchestras, but Mm -hmm. like when I was in pits and we were doing multiple shows a day, it can be really taxing. Um, uh, it's also taught me awesome things about how to be okay when my best isn't 100% because as musicians, we're perfectionists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, no, it has to be 110%. Especially when you're with those first chair violinists. Oh, heck. Snooty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason I'm a violist. <laughs> Violinists can be scary. <laughs> but being able to realize, like, no, my best is still okay. like, mm-hmm. And even realizing that Yes, God's given me music to steward, but he's also given me scoliosis to steward, and he's given me my own limits and everything. And so um, even when putting down the in, my viola earlier than I would have liked to, even when that feels irresponsible, going, okay, wait, no, I'm stewarding other aspects of who God made me. And I think that is one thing that musicians can really tend to forget, too, is we can get so focused in the music that we can sometimes forget the rest of Our life. who we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that we, I've seen some musicians, I'm like, wow, they really lost being a whole being and completely gave themselves to music. And I want to give everything I can and do my best, but I don't want to neglect the other aspects of my life that God's given me to mm-hmm. steward in favor of and in pursuit of music. And so it has, as weird as it sounded, it has helped me and my mindset a lot, even though it is like, a, oh, that's a bad thing to like feel pain and stuff like that. But it really has helped me just learn how to balance balance my limitations because the Lord knows I do not like to be stopped and I do not like to go, mm-hmm. maybe I can't do it. So it's been really good for me. It's really interesting how some disabilities help you rather yeah. than, than hurt you. Yes. Uh, what, meaning uh, in regards to, like, growth. Yes. Um, so was it something you were born with, uh, scoliosis, or was it just something that yeah. just kind of happened? So 
Yeah, so scoliosis typically first hits girls in like puberty and there's some they believe there might be some hormonal connections to scoliosis. Um but the main thing is it usually hits girls in their like later elementary to like preteen teen years and it really does progress and get worse as they grow. So they didn't find my scoliosis till I think I was 14 mm. at all. And I barely had it. So yeah, talk about a weird, <laughs> it was just like a, we're going, everything's normal. And then at 14, it was, oh, hey, something's a little odd. And the next year it was, oh, wow, this is getting just a lot worse. And even right. like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember as a kid having to like bend over and like wait, wait for them to like count my spine and, yep. and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it, because I, I never, it, it's not genetic, is it? Is it just not that I'm aware of? I so there I wonder, might be genetics, but I wonder I if uh, your lifestyle impacts whether or not you have scoliosis or not. Yeah, I really don't know. Yeah, again, because I know that we there are there's something about like girls, especially in kind of like my BMI and everything like that, mm. like that. I went to a scoliosis clinic and most of them were girls about my age or within that age range of when I got it. Mm. And they we all like looked like we could be siblings. It was insane. We were like, what is this? So I don't know if it is something about genetics. Again, I think hormones have a lot to do with it, but there's a lot. One of the hard things about scoliosis is there's a lot they don't know. So right. I, I came in to see like an orthopedic um, doctor the first time I had scoliosis. And he basically said, try running. That'll make you stand up straight. The next year I came, he said, if you want to schedule surgery, you can otherwise take ibuprofen. And that's pretty much the information that we have given to us. And so it's, it can be kind of challenging to go. I don't even know too much about who like, my why? own disability, yeah, right. why it's happening, what things are attributed to that, or what things could be like a different, yeah, something else. I don't know. So it's, it's, that's almost the uncertainty is almost harder than right. like the pain because you're just like, wait, what do I do with this? It's, it's kind of, you have to learn and discover as you go. But so, yeah. what are some of the, the remedies, I guess? Uh, for your scoliosis, because I remember you had to wear a brace for a, a while. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm technically supposed to wear that. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed right. to be walking in that like five hours a day. Um, that's just, again, with a college schedule, it's that's hard. just a lot. Yeah, it, it wears out my clothes pretty quickly and everything. It's suit. It's, it's not breathable. So you know, there are some things that I'm like, I want to again, steward my health and do the best I can. To some extent, I also want to live life. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, so there there were a lot of things. So, I mean, right now, um, I'm going to physical therapy, mostly for my hips, just because I've been getting a lot more hip pain from being, um, just from having, yeah, being lopsided, having one side kind of be weaker than the other and everything like that. And so definitely, like, exercises figuring out what exercises are good and which ones aren't helpful i later mm. found out that running is actually pretty bad for scoliosis because yeah yeah that makes sense because it's impact trauma. yeah it's a lot impact, of impact trauma. Yeah. yeah and it's the gravity right. you're constantly coming up and then gravity is pulling you back down and, and that you're just, shifting yourself all over the place right and that's kind of compounding your back and yep. yeah so, so probably a, lo- a lot of resistance training yeah, there's some resistance training. A lot of it is core work. Mm-hmm. And the more you work your core, the more and muscles, the more it can support. So they say my physical therapist and everyone that I've met with is like, your skeleton is your skeleton. It's mm-hmm. wacky and there's not much we can do about that. Um, but your muscles are your support system. The right. more you can really work on those and everything, the more um you'll be able to move and everything. There's ice, there's heat, there's ibuprofen. There there are exercises um like the bike biking is great. That's something that's really low pressure kind of mm. and everything, but it just gets you moving and stuff like that. Um so yeah, there 
staying healthy and strengthening muscles, which I don't do near as much as I should, <laughs> but that's something I'm focusing on more this summer. Those kinds of things really help. And even that's part of stewarding my music well is mm-hmm. making sure that that's probably building a lot of endurance for you. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Well, and if I'm not taking care of my body, I play my instrument with my arms and I have to have that posture mm-hmm. and everything that, yeah, being able to see taking care of your health as part of taking care of your instrument and your performance right. too. Because a large, I mean, a large, everyone says that if for singers, their body is the instrument, but for really yes. it's for everyone. It, your body is your instrument because the instrument's yes. not going to play itself. Exactly. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, you're using the, like the air is coming through you as you're a mm-hmm. singer and everything. But yeah, to some extent, everything, I mean, you have to have that finger like motor Dexterity. skills and everything. Yep. Yeah. You got to have the lung support for anything breathing for, for any air instrument. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for you know, like finger dexterity for drumming, you have to have your whole entire body coordinated. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yep. It's a lot. It's a it's It is a lot. Well, and even one thing you don't think about, but for string players, I mean, I'm really grateful cuz my teacher and I usually sit down during lessons, which is really helpful for me because standing up that long and especially just right. being in the same position is exhausting with scoliosis just because everything's creaky and not being able to move trying to stay in one position can be really exhausting and especially standing up I find. So it's nice to know that like sitting down is an option stuff, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so interesting you mentioned the core because I have a lot of back problems as well from having to, yeah. uh, not that I have scoliosis or anything, but from, I marched the glockenspiel in high school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So in, oh, dang. in <laughs> high school, they don't really care about your health as much as right. I, I think they should. They think um, you're immortal. They think you're immortal. <laughs> and to some extent, kids are, they can bounce back very, yeah. it's a little bit, but after a while, four really years is. of it, yeah. it's going to leave its mark. And uh, I found out that it's one of my sides, but it's it's either my lower side is twisted to the right mm-hmm. and my upper side is twisted to the left or it's vice versa. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm like, like always like sitting kind of like this almost in, yeah. my, in my spine. So it's a lot of... Um, I get a lot of back pain because my core mm-hmm. muscles aren't aren't strong enough to support the rest of my body. Yes. So, yep. <laughs> so it's a, it, even even so even now um having to take care of your back is probably one of the most important things you could ever do for yourself. Right. Well, and especially not to be too much of a downer, but knowing that this is even the best it's probably going to be right. cuz you're only going to get older. And hey, I'll tell you what, there are also benefits to keeping that up and taking care of yourself now. Because I get to win plank competitions anytime we have them. So I'll tell you, it has its benefits. Mackenzie knows. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, even then, it's 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 just taking care of yourself. And, yes. And yeah. I, there's so many people that are against exercising, but you're going to feel better. Yes. Even if it hurts more in the short term. It's the long term gains that you got to think about. Because when, yes. when you're like 60 or something, you're you're think about your back and how it feels now. Mm-hmm. Think about when you're 16, you can like hardly bend over, you know what I right. mean? Right, yes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> this is the only chance you get, and this is the time when you get to take care of things. And that, yeah, there's no, there's yeah. no, there's little remedy when you're older to recourse yourself. So it's it's all the work you do now that yes. is going to make it so that way you can actually bend down and pick something up when you're 60 years old. I met a guy that was 65 something. Yeah. And he he was a he was he was a, a wired dude, he, he electrician kind of dude. Yeah. And uh he he was granted he was smaller, but he could go under my desk, crunch up like a ball, and, like sit like yeah. that and do all sorts of things and he was moving all sorts of ways that that I thought would be like Oh my gosh. I thought he was at least uh, 30 40 the way he was moving right but he was like no all i'm doing all he's he was he told me the three stretches he does and now i do them all the time yes. he, he literally just bends down and touches toes at, in the morning That's, oh yeah he does that and then he, he laying down he puts one leg over the other uh-huh uh, so if i put my right leg over my left leg and yeah. then uh bend over to yes. my to my right it, mm-hmm. it that's gonna um loosen up your back and even i just did that just sitting now i just like wow i just like wow uh, it was a little bit of tension on my back and it's yep (laughs) and you'll feel and it's like wow 
it'd be yeah. cool to have because I, I remember having that range of mobility when i i played right. soccer and all that jazz and i was yeah. like it felt it feels really nice to be able to to uh, not only like bend over and pick something up so that way right. i don't have to like, get on my knees and actually grab something yes so it, and it just it's always i feel like people think that exercise is a lot more work than it actually can be right yeah and figuring out like you can exercise is so broad that you can figure out what works for you too oh, exactly yeah and i think one thing too that man god's been teaching me in so many different areas in life is this balance between contentment and advocacy mm. and so i think there are two ways two extremes we can tend to lean is lacking contentment and advocacy of going I don't like this. I wish my health was better. I'm just so frustrated about this. And then not doing anything. Right. That, yeah, it's like, it's, and then you can either just say, oh, well, I'm just going to give up and you're faking contentment, mm -hmm. but there's no advocacy and that doesn't do anyone any good. No. And then there's advocating, but never being content. You're going, no, this isn't good enough. No, I need to keep going. And I think there's this level of a so with my health specifically being like, okay, this is the body God's given me. And these are li limitations he's given me. And I'm okay with that. Having said that, I'm not just going to give up and go, oh, well, so I'm just not going to do anything. Like, I'm going to fight for that. Right, it's, and I'm it's going not to like, advocate for it. And it's not like the, in God's plan that he gives you the ability to be better. You know right. what I mean? It's not like that. Yes. Because you're always change. You're always in a season of change, no matter what you think about it. Exactly. And the the time the change is now, if you're if you're gonna do it, it's yeah. just it's just building up that comp. Like for like you saying, find out what works for you. I hate running. Oh, same <laughs> I, here. I tried. I, I really I, tried. Right. I loved <laughs> running. When, right. I loved running when I was a kid in, in soccer all the time because that's literally all you do. You run around and yeah. it felt great. Matt Cross loves running. Good for him. That yeah. cross is amazing. Good for him, right? He loves the run, and it, it. But for me, it's swimming. I love to swim. Nice, yeah. And that will exercise all parts of your body, no matter what you're feeling. Yes. Um. But um. Even now, I'm thinking about getting just a a a, a resistance band, and so yes. And then whenever I watch like the new Kenobi show or a yeah. new Star Wars, or whatever. Yep. Or what I'm what I'm gonna watch Soul tonight later on nice. uh, for the first time ever. I haven't really? Seen, oh I my know, gosh, you are not ready. I oh, know. it's so good. I, I first of all, I know that that's a sin for me not watching a Pixar hey, movie. There's it's, grace. It's, I know, I know, <laughs> but, I, but I people give me so much trash for for oh not gosh. seeing Soul as you know the person that I am. Right. Um, yeah. But I've been wanting to see. I just never. No worries. <laughs> you know, I never, Bro, had, I get never you. find the time to to watch movies anymore. Exactly. You, people are like, you've never seen the Lord of the Rings movies? Like, I don't have twelve oh, hours. Man. <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Rings. That one is way more. It's it's great, but it's much more understandable if people can't see Lord of the Rings because they're, they're just long. They're so good. They're so, they're so good. good. Yeah, I've seen the so first long. two. Okay, I'm nice. trying to see this, the th the well, third hey, one later on. Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, yeah, and don't like people give you crap because hey, you're working on it. Right, I'm working on it. And you've it. got your timeline, and that's okay. But oh man, you're gonna love Soul. It's so good. I know. I, I've uh, I've been told I'm gonna cry, and I've already oh, yes. I already expected that knowing it's a Pixar movie. Oh yeah. About oh, music. It's... Yes. It's going to make you cry. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Pixar yeah, just, in general. Always right, make you cry. Exactly. <laughs> um, no matter if it's Finding Nemo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and Up. And Oh, yes. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so. talk about anyway. impactful songs. Oh, my um, gosh. Right. Uh, but, yeah, going back to the resistance train, like, just yeah. figuring out, just finding mindless ways of doing exercise. Yes. Um, for like I like to shake my knee a lot as well. Even that's some yeah. sort some sort of exercise. It's just movement. If just taking movement. a walk, I love taking walks. Just getting to see something that's beautiful outside mm -hmm. and go, we're just gonna enjoy like you're moving. It doesn't have to be strength stuff. It can right. be just stretches. A little bit of cardio is always good. Cardio is definitely my least favorite, but like it's good for you. Yeah, car <laughs> but car I'm always being told if you want to lose weight, do cardio, and I'm like, <sighs> but. <laughs> but it hurts. <laughs> but, right, it's, yeah, like, but... it's stressful, man. Yeah. And um, so it's just been learning. Okay, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna listen to music, I can listen to music and work out. Yes. And yeah. so it's also just keeping your mind off of it as well. It's, it's part yes. of my because I hate sweating. 
Right. I don't know oh, anybody same. who I don't know anybody who likes sweating particularly. Right, but, but like it drives you batty. You're it, like, I'm not okay now. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, like, and it's just a, a negative reinforcement. It's like, well, yes. I already took my shower today. Right. <laughs> I don't want another one. Right. You're like, no. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but it's so important, yes. especially like um, when you have like injuries, because you can make so many injuries when you do music. Oh yeah, There's so many injuries. I uh one of one of the previous guests I had on, uh, Liam said mm-hmm. he, his pinky was messed up or not feeling right. Yeah, and, and he had thought, oh maybe it's because my wrist or or my arm or something. Right. No, it was because his back was messed up from when he he, yes. does, he, he grooves his head like this and it's yeah. pinching a nerve and all the way to his pinky. Yes, which is insane. Which is insane. But go to chiropractors, everyone, because <laughs> yeah, those nerves. Everything in your body, it's it comes back to your back, yeah. and that's that's another area where scoliosis again can be just a brat because right. I'll be like, it hurts to walk, or like my wrist is super sore. It's because of my back. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that about? But yeah, yeah. So definitely, yeah, getting getting in that positive reinforcement with those things and doing things you love. While you work out, and again, even if you're just stretching and just making sure that you're moving your just, back, if yeah. yoga is something that y'all feel like doesn't go against your convictions and that you're comfortable with, like that's stretching, that's breathing, those things are good for you too. Like finding what works for you, just so you're doing something. <laughs> right, exactly, and and that can be even like a hobby, like knitting. I'm sure is a lot of technical motor skills as well. Yes, yeah, and even. And uh, people might give me trash for this, but playing video games, it's right. Yeah, it's, that's still fine motor skills. Granted, mm-hmm. you're not working the rest of your body, but right. <laughs> but if if you're like struggling with like fine motor skills and hand eye coordination, it's really good for hand eye coordination. If you didn't know that, yeah, uh, video games it's it's incredible. Like, <laughs> I have bad eyesight, but because but because I play uh. <laughs> I played video games as a kid. I have incredible hand-eye coordination. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And I and I'm really good at moving my fingers around because of hand-eye coordination because yes. of, of the video game stuff. Exactly helps you with piano. Right, yeah. it helps you with piano. <laughs> and um, but you're just finding out what works for you and, and creating a balance. Yes, absolutely is, is important. Yeah. Um, as a musician, how do you create balance with your Ooh. like work and your music and in school? Yeah. Um. First of all, it helps that music partially is school, mm-hmm. but... And partially work. Right, and partially work. It's also... I'm blessed. I'm the student worker for the music department. Mm-hmm. So I'm blessed in that there's a practice room right by my office kind of a thing. And so there are there are a lot of ways where I really have had it easier. And having said that, taking... 12 classes and ensembles and trying to work and, you know, (laughs) and be a student and all of that stuff, practice everything. I mean, I, again, I dabble in a lot of instruments. Um, (laughs) And so practicing multiple instruments, getting all the classes done, all of that is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, one thing that is super important and everyone's going to be like, ah, what is this? But Sabbath, not doing any of those things. I need one day where I say, ultimately, I'm not in control. God is. My worth lies in the fact that he has chosen me and created me and redeemed me, not in anything else that I'm doing, and he's given me limitations. I have to accept that. Right, and I have to accept that, and I also have to reset my perspective and make sure that I'm not kind of drifting. That So that's mm-hmm. Sabbath is my day to say, I'm stopping, even if, I mean, there was one day where I had a psychology final and it was split into three tests. So it wasn't a traditional test time. And I think it was the second psychology final. And it was, it was a tricky class. There was a lot of reading, a lot of things to remember. And it was my Sabbath. And I went, oh no, the class is Mm. tomorrow at 8 a.m., and I had started to put together like a study guide, but I haven't studied. And it was my Sabbath and I had to go, okay, I'm sorry, Professor Shikara, but I had to say, you know what? 
I committed to resting before God and I'm not going to compromise that. So I had my Sabbath. I said, that's in your hands. I'm going to botch it. I will take the B or C or whatever I get <laughs> um, in, in this class because of that. That's on me. But I'm not going to compromise that. Got up in the morning, was quickly trying to read through everything, took the test. I think that was the highest score I received oh, wow. on a test. I think I got one or two questions wrong. God just blessed me. He was mm -hmm. like, it's not about how on top of things are you? How are all of these things, and especially as musicians and perfectionists and competitive, not competitive people by nature necessarily, but you're yeah, right. always being evaluated and compared yes. and everything. Um, I got so focused on that that when I finally said, it's okay, God, I'm going to rest in you instead. And my faith is ultimately more important than me being the best student I can be. God said, by coming to me, you are going to be the best student you can be. And that was just so crazy. And there have also been times where things have fallen a little bit behind, obviously because of Sabbath and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's not all, oh, it's going to be so perfect and everything, but it's still worth it. Um, other things I do to balance, I mean, deadlines. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I go by, okay, what is my next? If I'm sitting there, I'm like, I really need to practice viola today, but this percussion ensemble thing is coming sooner than my next like orchestra practice or something. I'll set down the viola and I'll prioritize that mm -hmm. um, de deadlines, due dates for courses and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. Those kinds of things, sometimes you have to compromise. Sometimes you just can't do everything. And it's going to be a, I'm doing my best. And so I'm going to do my best in these things. I have to figure out which one's going to, not quite measure up and there's right. grace in that right so um as a violist you have played many piece, many a piece yes you want to talk about and we have some of those pieces yeah you want to talk about it sure yeah so i have um i kind of have three different pieces i don't know we're gonna which ones we're talk gonna, about the bach piece the bach piece awesome so um i have been playing and getting to know the Bach cello suite, specifically the third suite, which is in C major. Um, this is the Courant movement. And this movement, it clicked with me right away. I was like, I love this piece. This is awesome. Um, it's been a really interesting and challenging piece to work on, mm. just in general, being unaccompanied. And um, yeah, trying to figure out like how to keep rhythm and phrasing, but also with Bach, it's almost a little bit more free-flowing, and how do you keep that musicality mm -hmm. in there while still staying true to everything? So it's a piece I've really enjoyed playing. It's for viola. It's also not perfect. There's going to be right. mistakes. There are going to be times where I had to mess up and start again. I was even considering trying to retake this morning and go, well, maybe I should play again, but it's like, you know what? It's, it's not perfect, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think we want to be seen as perfect and we want to only put out our best performances and sometimes it's okay to show the journey and just the progress so so every performance isn't going to be perfect either exactly um and you shouldn't take this to be like oh sarah's making excuses but because she's not <laughs> uh sarah's an amazing violist well, um, thanks. well i mean you've performed in my in my stuff and yeah. had it to the T. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But yeah. right now we're going to hear, uh, and you recorded it this morning, you said. Not this one. This was recorded a little bit back. I was oh, considering recording again this morning. But I was like, you know, okay. we're going to enjoy. We're just going to show them the process and the the imperfect. So Cool. So yeah. this is uh, Sarah Ziegler's rendition of Bach Cello, Bach's Cello Suite number three? Yep. The Courant. The Courant. No, it didn't start from the beginning, so we're going to restart it from the beginning. It didn't, and you know that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> I got to, here we go. Boom.
So um, you also compose. I do. Yes, I'm dabbling in it. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so what what has it been like for you to compose? Uh, do you just create stuff, or do you have to find like reference material, or what? I definitely find a lot of inspirations in there. I don't know if there's one that you're looking at. Returning home. Returning home. Um, yeah. is a harp composition I made for an orchestration class. Um, we are getting to know each of the individual instrument families and everything. And mm -hmm. so this inspiration was very vaguely um, remember me from Coco. Uh, yeah, it was the first time I had heard a major one moving to a minor fourth and I loved it. And so I just kind of played with that. So yeah. Cool. Um, did you have that live performed? I did not. That is logic, believe it or not. Sorry. Oh, um, no worries. Uh, that was thought I was logic. Yeah, okay. which is literally insane. Right, I was like, yeah. how? Yeah. I didn't know if you had a... Remember Caroline Haynes? <gasps> okay, I think I met her for Ruth, maybe. Because um, she came for the pit orchestra of Ruth. But yeah. I don't think I ever met her before. I would love to hear it played by an actual harp. That would be so cool. Right. Yeah, I wonder what she's up to. Yeah. Check out. Uh, so you have another piece. It's called um, Like a Christ? Like a child. Like a child. <laughs> I, I was like, my, my answer was like, like it's a C-H. <laughs> like, yeah, C-H with an I in there, you know. Right. Um, like a child, I honestly have no memory of what the inspiration was for this. I was just really excited to... It's a mallet piece. Yeah, I love mallets. I got to know mallets over the last couple of years in um, percussion ensemble. I had never touched them before that, and I love them. So when we got to write mallet pieces, a mallet duet. And so I wrote it for vibraphone and um, marimba. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, that said, this is like a child. that also using logic that was now that one i would love sometime to record mm -hmm. with live instruments but yeah that was logic as well so so well this we're gonna have to run out our radio time so sarah where, yeah. where can people find you like find you on instagram facebook or yeah so i've got um a website again all for one strings and all four is the number, and then one is spelled out. So sorry to make it confusing. Um, I am working on social medias. I'm just kind of taking off with that right now. Um, but yeah, so you can find me on that. I mean, I my YouTube channel, I don't even remember what it's called in all honesty, but it's linked to, I think it's just my name, Sarah Ziegler. That's um, Z-I-E-G-L-E-R. Yes, yeah. Cool. And I post some of the stuff that I've been working on on that channel. So, yeah. Cool. So with all that said, we're going to keep going on the Facebook Live. So if you're on the radio and you keep listening to Sarah, we're going to talk about uh, her working on, on getting gigs at 
at Pitts and doing other stuff. She's been doing guitar stuff with yeah. uh, nursery homes, which has been pretty cool. Yeah. She's also worked on some of my pieces. We're going to talk about that process yes. because it's uh, my pieces have been very interesting to perform. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so if you want to hear more about that, you can follow us on Facebook.com forward slash the story Corey Rosen. That's C O R Y R O S E N. You can also search the story Corey Rosen on all streaming platforms and listen there. With all that said, I hope you guys on the radio have a great day.